great to see you today. If you have your bulletin, I want to encourage you to get out your sermon notes today. Uh, be some blanks to fill in. I always encourage you to do that. Just want to announce uh, this Wednesday, uh, Jeff Scott will be here. The personnel committee recommended to have him come in view of a call the third Sunday in February. But he's going to come this Wednesday to kind of hang out and kind of get to know him. And, and you can have some question answer time. So from 630 to 7 this Wednesday, we're going to be in here and we're going to live stream it like we did with Norm and Karen. And so they'll be here. And then at 7 o'clock, we're going to go in the fellowship hall and have a Q&A time. So you can ask some questions. Uh, Bob and I have known Jeff literally most of my ministry. Bob actually, when Bob grew up, he grew up at Reedville Baptist Church and Jeff's dad was his pastor. So, so Bob might have changed his diaper in the nursery. I'm not sure. But anyway, we go way back. But Jeff pastors a little country church here and is really a phenomenal. I mean, it is literally just doing amazing things. So I love Jeff. If I ever had a son in the faith, it might be this guy. I mean, I just love him as a brother, as a friend. We served together last summer at Super Summer, and we did the 6th and 7th graders. How many of you know when you have the 6th and 7th graders, 100 of them for a week, you get to know each other? But, but Jeff is just phenomenal, just has a great heart. If there's anybody that's Franklin County, anybody that has the heart of the ridge, it's this guy. So he wasn't even looking to leave. I approached him to see if he would even consider it. I know it was quite a, a wrestle for him. But anyway, uh, he'll be here this Wednesday. And then two weeks uh, on the 15th on a Wednesday, he's going to hang out with the youth. And then on the Sunday the 19th, he'll be here to preach in all three services. So hope you'll be in prayer about that come this Wednesday. And again, we're going to try to live stream the first 30 minutes so you can be able to watch it. Love to have you be a part of that. So as we continue our series on the Holy Spirit, again, Jesus said it's to your advantage that I go away. If I do not go away, the Holy Spirit will not come. I know people have said to me, I, I mean, I've actually been criticized because I preach too much on the Holy Spirit. I just want to go on record as saying it's impossible to preach too much on God, whether it's God the Father, God the Son, or God the Holy Spirit, all right? But anyway, as we think about how God created us, and understanding how God created us really does make the Bible make sense. Because some of the verses in the Bible just didn't seem to make sense until I understood body, soul, and spirit, all right? And so again, all of us are like this picture here. We're separated from God because of sin. And at some point, if you're a believer, you've asked God to forgive you and to come into your life. And I believe that when he comes into your life, literally, you are 100% connected to God. There will never be a day that you are disconnected from God. A matter of fact, the term in Christ appears 87 times in the New Testament. And again, I've, I grew up most of my life knowing how important it was to have Christ in me. And I know that's important. But I never really understood the concept of being in Christ. But 87 times the Bible says in Christ, in Christ, through Christ, in Him. I just want you to know that every time you find that phrase in the New Testament, it's talking about what's available to you in the spirit realm. All of the heaven's resources are available to you in the spirit realm in Christ. And so in the spirit realm, I believe we are justified. And the word justified means just as if I had never sinned. 
From the moment you get saved, I want you to know that you are in a right standing relationship with God. Not based on your performance, but based on your relationship with Christ. That's why you can go to God whether you've had a good day or a bad day. It doesn't matter. You are already 100% connected to God. I just want to give you some good news. If you're a believer, you're good with God. Now, the part of us that we struggle with is the soul. That part of us is in the process of becoming more like Jesus. And so, justification delivers us from the penalty of sin. You will never, ever have to pay for sin. If you're a believer, it was already paid for on the cross. But the power of sin is that process of sanctification. So God allows us to go through the process while we're in these earth suits of learning to trust him. And that's called sanctification. And again, I want to say, as long as you have an earth suit, you are in process. You do not arrive. And I know some of you may think you arrive. But literally, you do not arrive as long as you're in an earth suit. One day you'll hear Roger Johnson has died. Then you can turn to your neighbor and say, hey, he made it. Woo! But as long as you see me in an earth suit, I'm a work in progress. All right? I've got my flaws. All right? Very, very important to remember. So I've talked about last couple weeks because all of us look different. Isn't it amazing how God created us all different? And, I, and I, you look at me and say, thankfully, nobody looks like me, all right? But God made us all different. And the importance isn't the container. The importance isn't the earth suit. The importance is that river of life that's on the inside. And the truth is, the same Spirit of God that filled Jesus, the same Spirit of God that empowered Jesus to cast demons out, that same Spirit of God that filled the early church on the day of Pentecost, that same spirit lives in me and you. And it's amazing how most of my early years, I, I don't remember hearing much about the spirit. As a matter of fact, when I was a young pastor, I had some of the most amazing messages ever. I had three points on how to do everything. But how many of you know none of them worked? It isn't trying harder. I, mean, I, I remember telling people, try harder, try harder, do more. And the more they tried, the more they failed. I just want to tell you, it's not trying harder. It's tapping in to the power of the Holy Spirit that lives inside of you. So let me kind of make this more personal here. You know, when Jesus was baptized, the Bible says the Spirit of God came upon him. And then it says he was filled with the Spirit when he went into the wilderness. And then it says when he returned from the wilderness, he returned in the power of the Spirit. His whole ministry was saturated with the power of the Spirit. He says, if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, which he did, everything he did, he operated in that power of the Spirit. And that same Spirit, the Bible says, raised Christ from the dead. In 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 18, it says, he was raised from the grave by the power of the Holy Spirit. And then the text we're going to look at, our last verse today, Romans 8, 11 says, the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you to give life to your mortal body. Whew. I mean, the same spirit that raised his body from the grave on that third day, the Bible says, lives in you so he can produce life. I want to tell you, all the resources of heaven live inside of you as a believer. It's not about trying harder. It's about tapping in to that power. You know, I have a flashlight up here on the table. 
If we were going around and I was telling you how bright my light was, this is the best light ever, and we're walking around in the dark, and I keep bragging about my flashlight, what would you eventually say to me? Duh, turn it on. But how many of you know if a flashlight doesn't have batteries, you can't turn it on? A person without the power of the Holy Spirit cannot shine for Jesus. But when you get saved, God puts his power, his spirit inside of you, and you have the potential to shine. How many of you want to see it shine? Hang on. I might do it later. All right, hang on. All right. And so the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in us. That's pretty phenomenal when you think about it. If it dawns on you, the same Holy Spirit that raised Christ from the dead, lives in you. Why? To give life to your mortal body. That which we could not do in our own energy, he put his spirit in us to cause us to live. Up here, I even put myself, the most unlikely person on the planet to have the power of God is me. If you ask the people I went to high school with, they would not believe that God could use me. I was not a good witness for Christ when I was young. I mean, I came to church all the time. I carried my 40-pound King James Bible. I, I, mean, I did everything. I even came on Wednesday nights. I mean, I was here all the time. But I was not really saved till I was 13. But I still chose to live a very worldly life. I didn't understand that God put his spirit in me to cause me to live. And so, again, over here right next to me on my, my right there is Sophia. She's getting baptized today at the Pacific Campus. Six years old. Six years old. They got a big feeding trough, man. They're going to have baptism in the feeding trough. That's the good news. The bad news is they didn't heat the water. They just, they just filled it up. They're going to come up out of the water screaming, Woo! Glory! It's going to be a shouting time today. But Sophia, six years old. Can I tell you, Sophia has as much of God living in her as a six-year-old as I got. And when it dawns on you, all the resources of heaven live inside of you. And yet we keep telling people, try harder, try harder. And the more you try in the flesh, the more you fail. Because the flesh can never, ever, in a million years, ever produce the power of God. And so, let's look back in Romans 6. Again, we, you know, Romans 6, 7, and 8, I always see going together. Romans 6, he declares, we are dead to sin. And so he says two things we're to reckon or we're to consider or we're to confess. First of all, we're to confess that we are dead to sin. I want everybody to say, I am dead to sin. That's one of the things you have to confess. I mean, sin no longer makes you do anything as a Christian. It does not make you do anything. Now, sin can convince you to do something, but sin can't make you. That power has been broken. So we need to confess every day we are dead to sin. And the second thing, we need to confess we are alive to God. We have all the power of God living inside of us. So every day, you got to confess, I am dead to sin, but I am alive to God. I have the batteries. I have the power of God living inside of me. Very, very important. But then in Romans 7, he says the very thing that he was dead to, he found himself in bondage to. That's a problem. Man, I've, I've been that too many times. I've lived in Romans 7 too often. And again, I used to say as a young pastor, try harder, try harder. I'd give you a list of things that you need to do to try harder. And the more people tried, the more they failed. 
And I want to tell you this. I hope you'll get this. That you cannot in a million years please God by trying harder. You know, the Old Testament was the old covenant where God said, if you can live up to this, these standards, you will, you will uh, measure up to God. But no one could. The truth is, man cannot in the flesh ever do anything to please God. And it's when we understand that, that we can't, where we realize we have to tap into that spirit. So there's an inner warfare going on. Now, we don't talk about it much, and, and we would probably be ashamed if people knew our thoughts. And I say sometimes, wouldn't it be kind of fun some Sunday if God let all of our thoughts come over the PA system? That'd be crazy. Especially if it was in our accent and we knew who it was. That'd be more fun. But anyway, how many of you would be tuned into the message that day? All right, be thinking, focus on the message. And so there is a battle going on. It's that classic passage in Romans 7 where he says, What I'm doing, I don't understand. I, what I will to do, that I do not practice. What I hate, that I do. If then I do what I will not to do, I agree with the law that it is good. But now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. I mean, he's all over the place. Even though he has the power of God in his life, he finds himself struggling. Once you become a Christian, I just want to tell you, your flesh is no better. Your flesh can never please God by trying harder. But there was a point in Paul's life that he was trying in his own energy to please God, and he failed miserably. So it isn't about trying harder. My flesh is no better today than it was when I was 13 years old and gave my heart to Jesus. Your flesh does not improve. The Bible says the flesh and the spirit war against each other in the book of Galatians. I just want to tell you, the flesh and the spirit are never going to go out and have lunch together. They're always opposed. But when you got to understand is, man, the flesh will always fail no matter how hard you try. And even Paul said, man, everything I wanted to do, I couldn't do. The things I didn't want to do, I found myself doing. That is a miserable Christian. I mean, I can't imagine anything more miserable than not being able to do what you want to do, doing what you don't want to do. I mean, that's misery. That's Romans 7. All right? So kind of struggling. As I said last week, it's important to know, as Paul says, I, 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 30-something times he says, I. By the way, the Holy Spirit is only mentioned twice in the book of Romans until chapter 8. Only twice. The early part of Romans is about, man, you just doing the best you can. But finally, when you realize, I can never live up to God's standard in this earth suit, that's a great start. But to know that he put his spirit in you, he's empowered you to do what your flesh can never do. And so again, he comes to us in that first personal pronoun, I. This is, remember Paul said, I, 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 I. And then he turns around and says, well, it wasn't really I, it was sin dwelling in me. Here's how sin throws that, spits that thought into your mind. He spits a thought into your mind as though it's your thought. How many of you found yourself this week with an I thought and then said, whoop, wait, 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 that's not from God. I mean, I just listen to people. Man, I, I'm just a failure. I'm just a failure. I'm a nobody. I'm going to tell you, that's not from God. That's not from God at all. But Satan will never come saying, hey, this is Satan. Let's talk. He never does. But he'll spit a thought into your mind in the first person, and he wants it to believe it's your thought. And it's always pulling you away from the Scripture. Second thing to note, as we talked about last week, when you choose to walk in the Spirit, 
your flesh will suffer. This is always true. Now, anytime you choose against your flesh, your flesh will suffer. But that's how you begin to walk in the Spirit. When you don't let the flesh control you, but you allow the Spirit to control you. And again, God gives us that privilege while we're in these earth suits. We always have a right standing relationship with God, but it's that sanctification process where he's given us the privilege of learning to trust him over the flesh. And it's a lifetime process. It really, really is. All right, so Romans 8, again, as I kind of picture Romans 8, the Holy Spirit's only mentioned twice through seven chapters. But in Romans chapter 8, about 20 times, the Holy Spirit. And so if you find yourself stuck in Romans 7, I mean, just miserable, not able to do what you're supposed to do, doing what you shouldn't do, I want to push you in Romans 8. Man, Romans 8 is the abundant life. Romans 8 is tapping into the Spirit of God, learning to live with the Spirit of God. That's where God intends for us to live is in Romans 8. And if you look and study the life of Paul, you would never, ever summarize Paul's life by Romans 7. Never. But it's Romans 8. Because I want to tell you, when you begin to understand that all the resources of heaven live inside of you, and you can begin to walk in power and have victory over the flesh, it gets exciting. And the same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. I mean, think about that, man. You say, I just don't know if I can ever, I just don't know if I can. No, you can't, but Christ in you can. All right, you guys are getting me off track. All right, so Romans 8, when you think about Romans 8, there's two no's you need to know, Romans 8. The beginning, there's no condemnation. It ends with no separation, as we said last week. So if you know that walking in the Spirit, there's never condemnation, there's never separation. When you begin to live in Romans 8, it literally will change your life. There is no condemnation. Whew. God will never beat you up, he'll never condemn you, and he will never separate from you. No condemnation, no separation, but every day we live, we're either walking in the Spirit or we're walking after the flesh. Only two options for a Christian. But even if you're walking after the flesh, you're still going to go to heaven. You're just going to be miserable till you get there. Man, a Christian living in Romans 7 is really miserable. They're down in the basement digging holes. I mean, just playing all kinds of sad songs. But God wants us to live in Romans 8. So first couple verses we shared last week. There is therefore now no condemnation, no guilty verdict, no punishment for those who are in Christ Jesus, who believe him as personal Lord and Savior. Can you imagine living every day with zero condemnation? Wow. Zero condemnation. And then he goes on in verse 2, and this is something, even though I preached this last week, how many of you know God gives you new insight? I, I, I got excited about verse 2. Even though I preached it, I didn't even listen to my sermon, but I got excited. It says, the law of the spirit of life, which is in Christ Jesus, the law of our new being, has set you free from the law of sin and death. You know, in life, there are laws. And the law of the flesh says you can never, ever in a million years ever live up to God's standard. You cannot do it. But the law of the spirit supersedes the law of the flesh. This is really important, all right? So the law of the Spirit in Christ Jesus supersedes the law of sin and death. 
In the flesh, you can never in a million years ever please God or never perform enough to please God. But he put his spirit inside of us like putting batteries in a flashlight. He's given us his power to enable us to do what we cannot do in the, in the flesh alone. Pretty exciting. Pretty exciting. And so Romans 2, again, life is made up of laws. You know, how many of you understand the law of gravity? All right, even if you don't understand it, I think you know it. So I just, this Boeing 777, I just like the 777. I like that number. But these were, I think, out in, back in 94, I think, when they first came out. But they say they weigh 766,000 pounds, plus cargo, plus earth suits. Now, how many of you know that plane is not going to fly? The law of gravity says it cannot fly. But I want to give you some good news. There's a law that supersedes the law of gravity. And that is the law of aerodynamics. The law of aerodynamics says that that can take this big old honking plane with all the cargo, all the earth suits, and it can fly. Now, what would you think if you went to the airport and you just taxied around for three hours on the runway? Woo, this is fun. No. There's a lot of Christians that are just taxiing around, doing the best they can. And God meant for you to fly. I love that verse in uh, Isaiah that says, They that wait on the Lord shall mount up with wings like eagles. Can I tell you, God does not intend for you just to do the best you can. God put his spirit in you to cause you to soar. Peter Lord, many years ago, did a sermon called The Turkeys and the Eagles. I don't know if anybody here has ever heard it, but I love that. The Turkeys and the Eagles says you cannot soar with the eagles if you're living with the turkeys. How many of you know there are a lot of turkey churches? They like to keep everybody right here. You know those people that soar, they're, they're Baptocostal. You got to watch them. We like everybody to stay here where we can see them and explain them. But I'm telling you, God meant for you to soar. The law of the spirit of life has set us free from the law of sin and death. And yet some of us are still just trying to do the best we can because we've never discovered that second law. God meant for you to soar. God meant for you to be free. God meant for you to, in the book of Ezekiel, I love in Ezekiel. Now again, the Old Testament, God said under the first covenant, if you can live up to all these standards, then I will bless your socks off. But they never could. Hundreds of years, they tried and tried and tried. They never could, and God knew they couldn't when he gave the Ten Commandments. You say, why would God give the Ten Commandments if he knew that man couldn't live up to them? Because we didn't know that. Some of us think we can do it. But after hundreds of years and failure, God said this in the book of Ezekiel. I will put my spirit in you and cause you to walk in my statutes. And you will keep my judgments and do them. God said, I know you can't. You can never ever do it. But I'm, one day I'm going to put my spirit in you and create you and cause you to do something that you could never do by yourself. Man, this is better than a self-help book right here. I never hardly ever say this, but you all need to go back and watch this three times. Because you're not going to, I mean, you're going to walk out of here and just say, I'm going to try harder. God bless you, keep trying. But I want to tap in. 
I want to tap into the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, lives in us. God wants us to walk in the newness of life. How crazy it is to try to live the Christian life just doing the best we can. Crazy. Even in the storms of life, I just want to tell you, the law of the spirit of life supersedes all the problems of life. No matter what life brings against you, no matter what hell Satan puts against you, I just want to tell you, you can soar. How many of you have ever flown through a storm in an airplane? Woo, it's turbulent. Brenda really gets close to me when, in a storm. Actually, I, I think I get close to her. But anyway, it's, it's small, small details. But anyway, I just want to tell you, no matter what life brings, God means for you to live an abundant life. But it's not trying hard. It's not coming up with a list of all the things you got to do and not do. How many of you know when you make a list of things that you don't want to do, you do all of them? It's human nature. I'm not going to eat asparagus soup. I find myself all of a sudden hungry for asparagus soup. I don't even know what it tastes like. Whenever somebody tells you not to, you want to. That's human nature. But I just want to tell you, in the, in the spirit, where the spirit of the Lord is, the Bible says there is liberty. God does not mean for you to look good and be a good church person. God means for you to be spirit-filled, to soar, and to tap into that abundant life everywhere you go. Little Sophie, six years old, she's got all of God that I've got. How crazy would it be not to tell her and not to encourage her to tap into that power? I'm doing you the biggest favor I could ever do you to tell you that all the resources of heaven are available to you in the spirit. It supersedes the law of sin and death. You say, how do we tap in? Romans 8, 5, it goes on to say, For those who live according to the flesh set their mind on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded, that means earthly minded, is death or just separation from God. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. It is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then those that are in the flesh will have a hard time pleasing God. It's not what it says. Listen to this. Those that are operating in the flesh cannot please God. I'm going to stand and confess to you, I have preached way too many messages in the flesh. Three points, a poem, and a little joke. It was amazing. And I'm going to tell you, it isn't how well we put together a sermon. We need to experience the power of God. That's why when Paul said to the church at Corinth, when I came, I didn't come with excellence of speech. I wasn't trying to wow you with my ability to preach. As a matter of fact, it says in 2 Corinthians 10.10 that Paul was probably the worst preacher ever. They say his letters sound big, but when he gets here, you'll say you've never heard a worse preacher. But Paul said, I didn't try to wow you with my speech. I wanted you to experience the power of God. I'm going to tell you, our church is going through all the motions, and yet we're kind of like that airplane taxiing on the, the runway. It's time we take flight. It's time there's a difference between the believer and the unbeliever. I'm just telling you, all the resources of heaven live inside of you. The law of the Spirit has set me free from the law of sin and death. 
I think about our mind, I think about a sailboat. I don't know if you've ever been to a lake where they had a lot of sailboats. We went out to Lost Valley years and years ago, which is north of Gerald, and they had a lot of people parasailing. Is that what they call a surfboard with a, what do they call it? Whatever that is. I thought, man, that looks so easy. I can do that. How many of you know I spent a lot of time up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down? But here's what amazed me. I mean, I, it doesn't take much to amaze me. But the wind's blowing one direction. And yet people were out on that lake going every which direction? Because it's all how you set the sail. And I want to tell you this. Your mind determines whether you're going to walk after the flesh or walk in the Spirit. If you begin to believe all the garbage out here, it's just going to suck you in and you're going to be miserable. But if you'll begin to believe what God says is true, which is, is true, you can all of a sudden begin to walk in that power, walk in the Spirit. So your mind, kind of like that sail, determines whether you're going to live today in the Spirit or whether you're going to walk after the flesh. And I'm just telling you, it's not easy. It's warfare in here. Your greatest battles between your ears. And Satan knows if he can deceive your mind, if he can get you to kind of get all caught up in the world, that he will rob you of living for Jesus. He will keep you in Romans 7. And so the Bible says in Romans 12, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. Every day you get up, you got to set your mind on the things of God. And it's a It's a battle. I found myself, how many of you know you can go from the spirit to the flesh really quick? Oh, yeah. I'm in and out of the spirit and the flesh every day. I'm in and out. I'm, I'm, I remember driving down the road praising God. Woo! Singing a song, listening to the joy of Him. I'm just praising And then somebody cuts me off. I go right to the flesh, right away. Right. Now, you guys are more spiritual. I'm just telling you, I can go in and out of the spirit and the flesh multiple times a day. It's a process. But God put us here to allow us that process of every day learning to trust His Spirit. Learning to trust His Spirit. And so, a couple more verses here. Romans 8, 9 says, You are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. If anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. And then it goes on to say, And if Christ lives in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. So again, the earth suit is useless without the spirit. And here's our last verse, the verse we talked about in the beginning. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Whew. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. What do you think your chances are of maybe doing something for God? Really good. But it's not trying harder. It's not performing more. But it's surrendering to the Holy Spirit. And every day getting up and confessing, God, without you I can do nothing, as Jesus said in John 15, 5. Yet Paul said in Philippians 4, 13, I can do all things through Christ. Without Christ, you can do nothing. You're just going to taxi around the airport. Look at my plane. Don't I look pretty? But I want to tell you, God did not mean for us to taxi around the airport. He meant for us to fly. God has put his spirit in you to enable us to fly. So the picture I showed kind of at the beginning, 
It's God's will to flow through all of his children. It's God's will for you to walk in the Spirit. Matter of fact, Paul says in Galatians 5, that if you'll walk in the Spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. I think about our young people. Can I tell you, our young people are facing stuff I just cannot put my head around. There are so many things, and all of us are facing so many things of the flesh out there, and we could preach all week about the flesh, the flesh, the flesh, but if we can just simply teach people to walk in the Spirit, if we can teach people, Paul says, if you walk in the Spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Why are we not teaching our young people how to walk in the Spirit? Why are we not teaching adults how to walk in the Spirit? Because that's the only way that we have victory over the flesh. You know, there's a song. I put my clicker up. I got a couple more slides here. There's a song by Jeremy Camp entitled Same Power. It kind of goes along with today's message. And I find myself, I'm one of those OCD people. I can listen to the same song 5,000 times. And so I don't know how many hundreds of times I've listened to this song this week because I, I knew it went along with my message. And instead of singing same power, we could easily sing same person. Because the Holy Spirit is a person. The same power, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. Let's just read the words together. Can we do that? It'll be up here on your screen. I can see waters raging at my feet. I can feel the breath of those surrounding me. I can hear the sound of nations rising up. We will not be overtaken. We will not be overcome. I can walk down this dark and painful road. I can face every fear of the unknown. I can hear all God's children singing out. We will not be overtaken. We will not be overcome. And the chorus says this. The same power that rose Jesus from the grave, the same power that commands the dead to wake, lives in us, lives in us. The same power that moves mountains when he speaks, the same power that can calm a raging sea, lives in us, lives in us, lives in us. I want to tell you, if it dawns on you when you're driving down the road, you're going to have to pull over and have a spell. If you haven't had a wow moment talking about the Holy Spirit, it, it hasn't got to you yet. It's crazy to think the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in us. Whew. God meant for you to soar. God meant for you to enjoy an abundant life, and it is not by trying harder. It's by surrendering to the Holy Spirit. So I want us to sing this. Praise team's going to lead us. So if you're able, let's stand together. And this will be kind of a time of invitation as well. If you're here and you just want someone to pray with you or pray for you, we would love to do that. Maybe you've given your heart and life to Jesus, but you've never been baptized. I think that's the first step of obedience. Perhaps you're visiting and this is where the Lord is leading you to officially plug in as a member. We invite you to come. But let's just take a moment and let's just confess Romans 8:11 The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in us. I don't want to see anybody taxiing around the airport this week. I want to see you begin to soar like an eagle. Let's sing together the same power. And the invitation's open if you want to come, you slip out and come as we sing. 
I can't see the waters raging at my feet. I can't feel the breath of those surrounding me. I can't hear the sound of nations rising up. We will not be overtaken. We will not be overcome. I can walk down this dark and and get plugged in here at the Ridge and so we appreciate their heart and so take a moment and just share you can introduce your wife and anything you want to say <laughs> all right well this is my wife Susan I'm Gary from Gary Walker um, we started a little while back uh, to, to seek out another church and well we came here and this was the stopping point so uh, we're very happy and glad that God led us here if you rejoice in that decision, how about an amen? amen? Amen. So appreciate you guys. If you want to join me in the back, if you want to make your way back there, I'll join you back there in just a minute. 
also want to pray for Norm and Karen. And so Norm and Karen are going to be heading to El Salvador. I was wondering, she's right by you there. But anyway, uh, so we want to pray for them. And this Wednesday, they're going to be heading out early in the morning, and they'll be gone for 10 days uh, doing ministry there. And so we just want to remember them. So I hope over the next couple weeks, you'll remember them and the team that's going with them and just pray for God's favor. And I know their heart is just to minister life everywhere they go there. So we want to pray for them and pray for you guys as well. We appreciate you being here. And then we're going to close out with a song. Glad you're here today. So let's pray for Norm and Karen and for each other. And I just want you to take a moment and just ask the Lord to fill you with his spirit. Would you just ask the Lord just to tap into that unlimited spirit Father, I thank you for Norm and Karen. What a privilege to serve together. And Lord, as they take this trip, I just pray that you would help put all the final details, dot all the I's, cross all the T's, and all the preparation. God, give them safety as they travel to the airport, and then just give them favor as they navigate through the craziness of the airport here and over there in El Salvador. And Lord, I know their heart is just to minister life. And I just pray that you would go before them, prepare the way, And Lord, everywhere they go, that river of living life would just spill out and just touch people. And Lord, I pray for my brothers and sisters here today. God, I pray that all of us would have a desire to operate in Romans 8, to operate in the fullness of the Spirit. I thank you that the, uh, the law of the Spirit has set us free from the law of death. And may we operate in that. I just speak peace and blessing. And God, a spirit-filled life for each of your children here today. In Jesus' name, amen.